Oh, I want to thank you all for tuning in to the 276th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always. I want to thank you all for tuning in, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, whichever podcasting upper platform you may be listening to me via. Also, special shout out to everybody who's listening via the John Carroll radio station, WJCU, 7 a.m. in the morning. Going to have Ben Karen on, host of the Sports Talk with the Podcast. Haven't had been on in a couple weeks. <clears throat> going to dive into a lot of stuff. Uh, we're going to hit some college basketball, probably some college football, uh, maybe a little bit of NFL and uh, some college basketball. Excuse me, not college basketball, NBA. So we're going to dive into a lot of stuff with Ben today. Uh, we could do a two-hour show, but I'll try to keep it to a little bit over an hour. Hopefully, knock on wood, that happens. Knock on wood, that happens. But... Uh, what I do want to say really quickly before we get into everything is this. First time listening to the show, thank you. But what I'm going to ask you guys to do is follow and subscribe right now. Also, what I'm going to ask you guys to do is this. Share the podcast with your friends and family. Share it on your Facebook group pages, your Reddit message boards, all of that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. My syndicate podcast, Outside the Shop, is on there as well as some draft scouting stuff and clips from this very podcast, five, ten-minute clips on there as well. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Nitron underscore Lane. I'll say it one more time, at Nitron underscore Lane. And lastly, do yourself a favor and do me a favor. Leave a five-star review if you have Apple or iTunes for some odd reason. If you don't like my podcast, it's like, how the hell could that happen? Then take a page from what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And without ado, kind of next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have Ben Karen. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have my good friend. He's a father, he's a teacher, he's a husband, he's an educator, he's a Facebook group master, and he's a doctor and host the Sports Weather Podcast, Ben Karen. How you doing, Ben? I'm great. How are you tonight, Daryl? I am doing fantastic. So, Ben, the first thing that I wanted to talk to you about is this, and you texted me as soon as this happened, so... Last time you were on the show, you went on your little rant about the little guys. You said Gonzaga had no chance. I was rooting for Gonzaga. <clears throat> we were in a uh, little bit of a bracket tournament challenge. Congratulations to you, by the way. You finished third. Ben, but Baylor really helped you out. You almost got ahead of me, and I was like number one. For those of you who don't know, I was number one almost the whole time. But uh, first, I, I just want to ask you this. Gonzaga versus Baylor, what were your thoughts of the game? Blowout, 86-70. Well, uh, like everybody else, I was hoping the game was going to be closer. Um, however, you know, when, when I said I didn't feel that Gonzaga had a real chance to win the game, I, I did mean that. Um, in, in my estimation the entire way, you know, obviously why I picked Baylor is I did feel that Baylor was the better team. Um, 
However, I would tell you I was surprised by the margin. Yeah, I, I would agree with you with that too. Uh, but here's actually what I do want to say about this, Ben. I, I have to call you on the carpet on this about how Baylor has no chance. I think we need to give Baylor a little bit more respect in this. They First of all, they, they won their region. They won their whole complete side of the bracket. They beat a UCLA team that was super hot. And they lost to Baylor. But, but Baylor was a really good team, and Baylor was a 1C too. So can, can we say at least that Gonzaga deserved to be in the tournament? to saying that they they deserve to be in the tournament um they they obviously they gave us a great game against ucla um when i see games like that i those are games the fans want to see um they did get lucky there in overtime to make the championship game i thought uh but nonetheless they did make it um however um in defense of my own argument i i was kind of alluding to this uh, last time I was on your podcast, is I did wonder if the stage was going to be too big for Gonzaga, and they came up really small in the, in the championship game. I mean, they, they just they, they got their doors blown off, Daryl, right from the start of the game on. I mean, it was not even close. Uh, Baylor essentially almost... Um, doubled up on, on Gonzaga as far as rebounding the basketball. Baylor shot the three ball way, way better than Gonzaga. And it looked to me like Gonzaga was even getting out hustled out there. Every time there was a loose ball, Baylor on it. I kind of feel like the, the, the stage was just a little bit too big for them. The light's just a little bit too bright. Um, I'm not saying they're going away by any stretch of the imagination, but um, just telling you what I what I saw watching the game. Yeah, and I will say this in Gonzaga's defense. I will also say this: they have two guys that are going to play in the NBA. Like Suggs is going to be a top five pick, and he's the one that hit that hit, hit the bank shot. So, so they have some guys. So they're not your normal uh, non-power five school. Like they have some legit guys. Well, most de- most definitely. I mean, and they are playing in the that um, the big NCAA bracket. Um, you know, I mean, had they played in the NIT bracket, I, I think they would have had a, a reasonably good chance of winning. <laughs> no, they probably would have blown out everybody. <laughs> well, I, I you know I don't know if I'd go that far, but I definitely think they would have had a good chance to win. You know, it's it's hard to predict um, as, as you and I have both, um, you know, learned. Um, to predict game after game who's going to win because there are going to be some upsets in there. So I have to ask you this. So like I mentioned, we did a bracket. Uh, Kenny Sem actually won the bracket. Congratulations to Kenny. Uh, I was number... Uh, did you ever think you had a chance? Because I remember, Ben, you, you you were very confident that you would win, right? As soon as you did the bracket, right? You were confident you were going to win. Well, I, I, I was confident that I picked the team that was going to win the, win the, win the, the tournament. Did you think you'd finish the highest out of everybody? Um, I would say I was a little bit less confident about that. Um, I, I saw Kenny also pick Baylor, so, you know, in, in my eyes, I kind of thought he was going to be my um, 
my stiffest competition, so to speak. Um, you know from having me on the show, I am more of a, a college football and NFL guy uh, as opposed to college basketball. So um, even with that being said, I, I like I said, I you know I, I like the teams I pick, but I'm not a humongous college basketball fan. Uh, so I was very happy, though, to finish in the top three. And uh, congratulations to Kenny on winning. It's hard to do. So were you ever worried that I was going to run away with it? Because I was number one for most of this whole thing, Ben. Well, I, 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 I wasn't too worried about it, Carol, <laughs> to be honest with you, because I, I, as I've told you, I didn't give Gonzaga a, a real chance. That is true. But, but I will say this, and this does speak, by the way, I don't want to toot my own horn, but this speaks how well I did. Uh... You, even though you picked Baylor, I still finished ahead of you, Ben. That's how well I was doing. I did so well, I was able to, even you winning the championship didn't make up the difference. Well, I mean, you know, I can't argue with the score, I guess. You edged me out. I, I will say this as a side note. Silas was very disappointed you finished ahead of him. Well, I mean... Um... You know, I, I think both Silas and myself um, overestimated Michigan. <laughs> well, that that was a great game. I don't know if you got to watch it. That was a really good game. I did not get to watch the game where Michigan got knocked out, unfortunately. But no, that was a, a fantastic game where I got to watch it. Uh, now, lastly, I, I do want to get this before we move on. Uh, I was thinking about this. March Madness, where does it rank for you in terms of, like, sporting events to watch? Like, the whole tournament? Um, like, because there's Super Bowl, right? There's the Super Bowl. Right. Well, I mean, I, I, so let's, let's start there. I mean, I think Super Bowl, to me, is the biggest sporting event, the most important one. Um. Then I would say probably the college football playoff, and then I'd say the well the championship, and then the college football playoff games, and then I'd say the NFL playoffs. Um, anytime there's a World Cup, I would put the World Cup ahead of it. Um, I would put the NBA Finals and the NBA playoffs ahead of it. So let me see how far are we down here. That's one, two. I've named about six things, and then obviously if there's the Olympics, I'd put the Olympics ahead of it. So it, it, it would probably be about seventh or eighth, depending okay. on the year. That, that is fair. Okay, we know where Ben stands on college basketball. That That is his on his go-to, because Ben has to, you know, kind of watch where he spends his time. Uh, now what I do want to do is I want to take a quick break, and then kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to get into... Some college football coming next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Despite the fact that he led his high school to four straight state championship game appearances, very few high major recruiters looked at the six foot tall, 180 pounder and said, Quarterback. Throw it on a dime, like I ain't even trying. Just a kid from Briarwoods, I'm wearing number nine. And Coach Franklin down at Vandy. Oh, we're back 
with Barbershop Sports Talk, we still have Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Squabbler podcast. So, Ben, uh, Justin Fields, right? You're a pseudo-Ohio State fan. That's like your second team. Uh, Justin Fields, he was a guy in high school. It was Trevor Lawrence, and then it was him. I believe at one point, maybe when they were juniors, he was ranked ahead of Trevor Lawrence uh, in Georgia and just overall in the country. But ends up going to Georgia, right? Doesn't work out there with Kirby Smart. Goes to Ohio State. Fantastic. One year, he was a Heisman finalist. Uh, He was always considered a guy that was going to be QB number two, be the second pick in the draft. Some people thought maybe if he had a magical year, he could usurp Trevor Lawrence as the unanimous one. This was the hype that was around Justin Fields. He did nothing but win college football games and play well on the big stage. Fast forward. All that's happened is a kid from BYU, who's six foot, uh, 200 pounds nobody heard about before this year is going to be drafted ahead of him. Uh, and now people are saying Mac Jones, who a couple years ago was the third-string quarterback at Alabama, is going to be drafted ahead of him. And who knows? Some people are saying that some kid who doesn't even play Division I football, he plays AA Division I football, and Trey Lance could get drafted ahead of him. How disrespected has Jay- Justin Fields been during this process? Well, I think he's been extremely disrespected. When we look at his college career, I mean, he was a winner, you know, the entire time he was out there pretty much, except the one game against Alabama, you know, and basically I'll tell you, there are a lot of teams that would lose to Alabama. He only lost two games, I believe, in his college career, by the way. He lost what? Two games in his college career, I believe, only two. Well, the loss against Alabama, there's no shame in that. I think a lot of these other guys would have lost to Alabama, too, if they were in his position at Ohio State. Um, But with that being said, I mean, I think this guy is feeling this right now, and I think he's going to be coming out with a big chip on his shoulder if all this reporting ends up being true. Now, in my opinion... I'm not necessarily sure that I'm sold that the San Francisco 49ers are going to try to draft Mac Jones. To me, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, Daryl. Maybe they see something in him. I don't. But I think if I was given the option between Mac Jones and Justin Fields, I'd I'd go with Justin Fields. Yeah. And I will say that I think it is pretty clear, at the very least, Zach Wilson is going number two, right? Like, I think at this... At this point, that's out there, it sounds like the Jets are just enamored with it. Yeah, like I'd be shocked if Justin Fields went too. I'd be shocked at this point, but it looks like that. So, in terms of three, I, I will tell you this: in terms of Mac Jones, uh, and, and I think this is interesting. And here's what I'll tell you: some people have said they think this is a smokescreen, but here's my thing, Ben. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers. They just announced that they're going to be going to, he's going to have a second pro day so the Niners can see him, Shanahan and um, Lynch. But the interesting thing about it was they had a chance to see him at his first pro day, but the reason they didn't go was because they were seeing Mac Jones. So to me, that kind of tells me that Mac Jones is their number one guy. I, I, I think Mac Jones is their guy. Um, I disagree with you on that. I think, I think it's smokescreen. You think it's a smoke? So, so let me ask you this. Why do you think, and this was before they knew that, if given the chance to watch these two guys, why not go to Justin Fields? Why go to Mac? Why not? Why go to Max instead of Justin Fields? Well, I'm wondering if maybe they'd already been following uh, Justin Fields a little bit more 
closely. And for that reason, they decided to go uh, see what Mac Jones was about. Um, but, I mean, any anytime, you know, <laughs> the guys have pro days on the same day, you're not going to be able to go to all of them. That is true. And I think all of this stuff, until they actually do the draft, is just kind of hearsay. Um, everything I've heard about over the years, Justin Fields has an excellent reputation as a quarterback. To me, I think I like him a little bit more than Mac Jones. But, you know, I mean, I can understand the argument for both, but I, I feel like Justin Fields has a higher likelihood of being successful in the NFL. And, and, but maybe it's too that while Justin Fields has a higher ceiling than Mac Jones, maybe that's Mac Jones's floor is lower than Justin Fields. You mean higher? Higher, higher. That's what I mean, higher. Excuse me, higher. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that, I think that that's um, definitely a possibility. Like, like I, I feel like it, well, I just want to say, for, for me, at the very least, I think Mac Jones is going to be, at least he can be Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I know you're, I'm not as high on Jimmy as you are, but he can be a Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, like a pretty good guy. Like, I just find it hard for me to believe that, or an Andy Dalton that wants to play multiple times. Like, I just find it very hard for me to be like, Mac Jones isn't going to be in the NFL in five years. I just don't believe that. Well, the, the only the only way that I could see the 49ers being legitimately more interested in Mac Jones than Justin Fields is if they think that Mac Jones is more durable. Uh, and I think the durability issue at quarterback position for the Niners is the only real reason why they're why they've moved up. We know that their stellar team when Jimmy Garoppolo was playing. The only thing that Jimmy G hasn't been able to do, though, is stay healthy. And every time he misses starts, San Francisco almost always loses. So if if they're looking at the two quarterbacks and like, well, maybe Justin Fields has more upside. Maybe Mac Jones' floor is a little bit higher. Maybe we feel like Mac Jones has... Um, a more favorable uh, injury history for us where he's had less injuries and he seems to be more durable. Maybe they go in that direction. The reality of the situation for the San Francisco 49ers, though, is their quarterback doesn't need to be amazing. They have really good um, players in the trenches on both sides of the football. They're going to play defense. They're going to run the ball. Um, they, they just need a game manager, essentially. And is it also possible about this, and I'm going to throw this out to you. Mac Jones is more NFL-ready right now. Like, day one. And San Francisco's a team that wants to compete for a Super Bowl. Like, Mac Jones is a guy that you can come in right now and run the system. Um, I, I don't think so. I mean, however, it's hard to, it's hard to say. I mean, I, to be real with you, I don't really think that Mac Jones or Justin Fields... I don't think either either player is really NFL ready right now. So now that gets me into this. And you've been really high on Jimmy Garoppolo. How disrespectful, and we talk about how disrespected Justin Fields has been. How disrespected has Jimmy Garoppolo been? Because well, let's mention this. Isn't San Francisco winning like 90% of their games when he starts? I mean, they went to a Super Bowl with him, and I mean. 
They always talk about getting quarterbacks. It's like, oh, let's get Deshaun. Let's trade for Russell Wilson. Let's get this guy. Let's get that guy. Let's get Sam Donald. And then it's like, okay, you know what we're going to do? We're going to trade up third, and we're going to get the third best QB in the draft. But we think the third best QB in the draft is better than you. Not Trevor Lawrence, who lots of people love. Not Zach Wilson, lots of people love who I love. You might not love him. Uh, But we're going to get the third best QB in the draft. Whether it be Mac Jones, Trey Lance, or Justin Fields, how you, or however you guys feel about him. How do you think Jimmy Garoppolo's feeling? Like, how disrespectful is it what's going on? How do you think Jimmy Garoppolo's sitting him to himself thinking? Well, I, I think it's incredibly disrespectful to Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I think he's sitting there thinking, well, what more could I have done for you guys? I mean, obviously, fans probably would have wanted him to polish off that Super Bowl and not give up the lead. But other than that, I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot more that Jimmy Garoppolo could have done that he hasn't done for that team. I know that some people are talking a little bit about his decision-making and things like that. But at the same point in time, like, let's just push the pause button on this a little bit. Yes, he's been around the league for a while, but he doesn't have a lot of starting experience still, Daryl. I, th- I still think there's room for Jimmy Garoppolo to improve with proper coaching. I still think he's a work in progress. I don't even think he's hit his ceiling yet. And that's substantial when you consider the fact that basically what I'm trying to say is he made it to the Super Bowl and you guys almost won and he can still get better. If I'm San Francisco, I'm not I'm not goofing around taking some quarterback out of college right now. I mean, that's the last thing I would be doing. Garoppolo is not that not that old. He can still play for a while. I think the only reason that they're doing it is, like I said, the durability issue. They win a lot of games when Garoppolo is healthy, but, you know, I think he's missed like half of his starts since he's been in San Francisco due to injury. And I'm wondering if maybe the, their organization is thinking, well, is he breaking down on us? You know, is his body just kind of deteriorating? Is this going to be something that we're going to continue to have problems with into the future where he's missing all those games? Is Can Matt Jones be better than Jimmy Garoppolo this year? Yes or no? If they're both playing and they're both healthy, then no. Can Justin Fields be better? No, I don't think either of them can be better. Can Trey Lance be better? No. Can Zach Wilson be better? Absolutely not. Can Trevor Lawrence be better? I I don't think so, dude. <laughs> so what is San Francisco doing, Ben? <laughs> I, I know. That's what I'm trying to I'm scratching my head trying to figure that out. Now, if it's one of those things where they're like, hey, we suspect Garoppolo might get injured again, so we want to we want to go out and get somebody uh, that's going to be better than Nick Mullins, then I'm all for that. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Why not you just... You could have accomplished that by getting Nick Foles, though. I mean, they... Dalton. You didn't have to trade up in the draft. I think I think that that's unreasonable. Or, or wait till Cal- get Calamon in the second round. Exactly. I mean, to be real with you, I mean, nobody's really talking about this, but I really don't think the drop-off between the three guys you mentioned and Kellen Mond 
I don't think there's really that much of a drop-off. Kellen can play pretty well. I and mean, he can throw the ball in tight windows. And he's athletic. He's a ball ball guy. I mean... He can run, too. Yes. I, I, don't, I don't see any real problem with him. There's no character issues there. Yeah, played under Jimbo Fisher. No, I definitely like Kellen Mond as well. Now, apparently what the Niners are going to be doing, and I think this is just waiting for a toxic QB scenario, they're trying to keep Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster. So how does this work? If you have Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster, and then you have one of these young QBs, whether it be a Trey Lance, Mac Jones, or Justin Fields, how the hell does that work, Ben? Well, I don't think it works well, Daryl. Because, because Jimmy Garoppolo is not at an age where he's thinking about retiring anytime soon. I mean, I'm pretty sure he has aspirations probably to play in the NFL for another decade or so. So I, I, I'm not seeing this working out at all for them. I mean, I, I actually think it's going to gonna create uh, controversy and volatility in their locker room. Maybe they're going to just trade Garoppolo to another team, and if they do that, I guess that makes sense. But, you know, there's not not a lot of teams right now that are looking for a quarterback. No, I completely agree, but I think what the Niners have already said, and this could be a smokescreen again, you know, right now. They don't have to be at liberty to tell us what they're going to do in the draft. But I think right now what it looks like, Ben, is, you know, they're they're looking at, Ben, I mean, they're, they're looking at trying to keep him and, and have him be the backup. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's not going to work, Daryl. That's how you divide a locker room. I, I just got to throw this out, out, out here, too. Is there any way that maybe they surprise all of us and they don't even go after a quarterback? I think all the reports that have come out are saying that they're going to get a quarterback. And actually, also, by the way, Adam Schefter reported that it's Mac Jones. <laughs> so yeah, well, it's hard to go against Adam Schefter, but, uh, you know, I mean, I'm just wondering, like, wouldn't they be, be better next year with Jamar Chase versus Trey Lance <laughs> or Mac Jones? And that is possible, and it could sh- surprise everyone. Or, or hell, maybe they get Trey Lance and then just to really decide to shock us. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But uh, this whole thing is very, very crazy. And I guess Shanahan and Lynch can do this because they've had a lot of success since they've been in San Francisco. I know you're not on as high on them as I am, but I guess when you go to the Super Bowl as a coach, right, it buys you time to do these things. Like, Jared Goff was pretty good, and Sean McVay cut the ties from him and said, bye-bye, see ya. Yeah, they had personal problems between them. That is fair as well. That is fair as well. But I do I do think, and I think you could tell this in the tone of Shanahan, that he was getting a little bit, you know, uh, the way he was talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and the reports out of that organization coming from him were less than ideal from what you want your franchise quarterback. Like, yeah, and I mean, that that could be too. I mean, maybe, maybe it's off-the-field kind of issues that, that are making them upset with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. But next, what I want to do is this. We haven't done this in a long time, Ben. Uh, my draft rankings. 
So last time we had you on, I think we did the offensive lineman. So I decided, why not the more the merrier? So I recently did interior defensive lineman. So I'm wanting, I want your take on it, Ben. Can you guess who my number one was? We're talking all the way across the board? No, for interior defensive linemen. Interior defensive linemen. Defensive interior tackles. Interior defensive linemen. I mean, I, we're Wyatt Davis, right? No, he was a guard. He's a guard. Put it on me, man. Who's your number one guy? Christian Barmore out of Alabama. And how did you reach that conclusion? I think he is... I think he has the best combination of explosiveness and strength and power and pass rushing ability in this class. The concern, though, the concerns I would have is... uh, didn't have a lot of playing time, even this year. He was like in a rotation this year at Alabama. So that's kind of wondering, you know, how's it going to be when he has to be the guy every down in the NFL? As as opposed to like, he's one of like nine guys. I don't think he was starting to begin the year. Yeah, I mean, that, that is going to be super hard. Um, I, I, I saw enough of him to... Not want to see him in the SEC anymore, but um, you know, I mean, Alabama is always a question mark for me, Daryl, because some of those players uh, that get drafted really high don't end up working out in, in, in the NFL. That is true. There was a lot of hype between about Quentin Williams a couple of years ago, and I I think he's been okay, but I don't think he's necessarily been the player that people thought he was going to be, or even a guy like Marcel Darius. Who's drafted? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's hard to tell, man. But the rest of the rankings went this way: Christian Barmore, number one; Darius Stills out of West Virginia, and number two, uh, Kyrus Tonga out of BYU; Marvin Wilson, Florida State, at four; at five, I had Taquan Graham out of Texas; at six, I had Levy Anazurak out of Washington. At number seven, I had Tyler Shelvin at LSU. At number eight, I had Jay Tufeli out of USC. At number nine, I had Davion Nixon out of Iowa. At number 10, I had Jalen Twyman out of Pittsburgh. At 11, I had uh, Tadaryl Slayton out of Florida. At number 12, I had Marlon uh, Tupala out of USC. And at 13, I had O.C. Adeguizi, Adeguaza, out of UCLA. At 14, I had Alec McNeil out of NC State. And at 15, I had Tommy uh, Togawa out of Ohio State. Okay. Did you have Aleem McNeil in your top? He was at, He was low. He was low, Ben. He was low. Yeah, I kept waiting, man. I was, like, planning on hearing that name. So you're a fan of him? Well, I would have him in my top five. I I, 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 I had him my second to last. I wasn't as... <laughs> I, I, would, I would have Barmore probably a number one like you do. 
And then I think I, for me personally, I would probably go with Marvin Wilson at number two. Yeah, Marvin Wilson. Marvin Wilson's pretty good. I I I, I do. I I actually have no issues. I think you could argue Marvin Wilson being at number two. I would have Tyler Shelvin probably a little bit higher up, and I think I would I would have uh, McNeil in that fourth or fifth spot possibly. So yeah, I guess I'm just a little bit higher on him than you are. Yeah, Alec McNeil. Yeah, I wasn't too but impressed with McNeil. But for, for Shelvin, I like Shelvin. I, my one thing with Shelvin is, to me, he's a true nose tackle with not a lot of pass rushing ability. So to me, he's a guy that you're going to specifically have him in for the run. I think he's going to be a good player, but to me, he's a guy you find in the third round. Is like, okay, we're going to play 3-4 defense. You're going to be head up on the center, and you're just going to like take up space. To me, that's what he is. Right. Well, I mean, he, he does that role very, very well, yes. though. No, no, that, that, is, that is true. That is true. That, that, that's, why, that's why I would have him personally a lot higher, because I think when you have a guy like that, that can stymie an offense the way he's capable of that really makes teams one-dimensional. No, no, that is true. That is true. He also did not play this year. Uh, he opted Well, I mean, that's the story for a lot of these guys, mm, you know. That it, is true. It hasn't really hurt Trey Lance's draft stock very much. No, that that is true. So, Marvin Wilson... Why, why are you so high on Marvin? I actually, I, Marvin's actually one of my more favorite players out of all these guys, even though I had him four. Uh, what did you like about Marvin? Well, I, I personally think Marvin's a, a pretty um, versatile kind of player. I mean, I, I think he's a guy that can do a little bit of everything. Um, you know, is, is, is my opinion of him overall. Um, I, I know that, you know, we're not talking about a guy that maybe had the greatest of all seasons this past season. Um, but, you know, I mean, overall, he still did pretty well. Um, I think a lot of people, they're going to hate on him for the fact that they might not see him as an elite-level athlete necessarily. But I still like what he brings to the table, you know. I think I, I like um, I like the mentality with him. He's a really relentless player. Yeah, and I actually too, I, I love Wilson. So 6'5", 305 pounds. Uh, like, to, to me, he's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if, if you look at him and he makes a couple Pro Bowls. I actually, I, I do like Marvin Wilson. Just this year, his year, this, this and he's a classic case of a guy who probably should have come out last year when he was a junior. His stock was a lot higher then. I don't think this year necessarily helped him. But it was also a weird year between COVID. And I feel like you have to take all that in consideration. This was a really weird year for some of these guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, you know, I think a lot of it, too, is um, college makes it a little bit hard to gauge some of these players because of the schemes that they are in. You know, I know this past year... Uh, Mike Norville was asking him to do some different things, um, and, you know, and as a result of that, I personally feel his productivity went down some. And at his size, I think he's going to be able to take on double teams. 
Uh, you know, you kind of mentioned that about it. People might criticize athleticism. I think he's fairly athletic for someone his size. Uh, and he's a strong man. He is a strong man. I was watching him. He was just pushing people aside, Ben, like they're just like little kids. Like, he's a strong man. So I think that that physicality is definitely going to translate. So, Ben, if you were to, you're a teacher, if you were to give me a grade for the interior defensive line, the defensive tackles, what would you give me? Well, you know, it's a, um, it's a very, very hard um, class of players to grade, I think, and a hard position to grade. If we're going to be honest, a lot of, a lot of um, our, our fans or people that are listening are probably not familiar with a lot of these players. Um, but based on what I know about the players, I would probably give you a B-minus on this one. Okay, B-minus. Yeah. I would have McNeil higher. I, you know, there are a few things. I'd have Sheldon a little bit higher. I think for the most part, you, you, you captured the top players of the position. I, I, I just have them rank ordered, I guess, a little bit different than you. And the BYU guy. He's somebody that I, I, I'm starting to fall in a little bit of a love with, and so Darius Stills for West Virginia. Even I had a Texas guy in the top five. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, but I do want to go to this now. So I'm going to be releasing my pass rusher soon, so Ben, I'm going to give you a sneak peek of this. Okay. The, the, the DNs, 4-3 uh, defensive ends, 3-4 outside linebackers, edge rushers, slash defenders. So you want to guess who my number one was? And it was tough. That was tough for me. Oh, man. Um, let me think about this a little bit here. You like little guys. You like little guys. And this always makes my life harder when I'm trying to catch <laughs> The number one is not a little guy. Okay. Not a little guy. So it's from Power 5 School? Yes. All right. Um, hmm. Okay. I'm going to say, um, did you go with Carlos Basham out of Wake Forest? No. No. Who'd you go with? Kowiti Pei out of Michigan. Okay, that's interesting. He was my number one. Uh, and I'll just give you the rundown. I looked at a lot of these players. It was... It, it, I think I did my most... I was proud of this. I did my most work with the, the, the edge guys. There was a lot of guys I looked at. So, number one was Quiddy Pay out of Michigan. Number two was Jalen Phillips out of Miami. Number three was Gregory Russo out of Miami. He didn't play this past year. Number four was Jason... Oway out of Penn State. Number five was a little guy, Cameron Sample, out of Tulane. Number six was Rashad Weaver out of Pittsburgh. Number seven was Carlos Bashman Jr. out of Wake Forest. Number eight was Deo Anabindago out of Vanderbilt. Number nine was Patrick Turner out of Houston. Number 10 was William Bradley King out of Baylor. Number 11 was Quincy Roche out of Miami. Number 12 was Joe Tyron out of Washington. Number 13 was Aziz Ojuri out of Georgia. Number 14 was Joseph Asai out of Texas. 
Number 15 was Patrick Jones out of Pittsburgh. Number 16 uh, was Jordan Smith out of Tulsa. Uh, No, excuse me, not Tulsa, UAB. Uh, Number 17 was Patrick Johnson out of Tulane. Number 18 was Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma. Number 19 was Dalen Hayes out of Notre Dame. Number 20 was Malik Hearing out of Georgia. Number 21, and I'm probably going to mispronounce his name, but Adina Garbo Agajodi out of Notre Dame. Number 22 was Tyron Jackson out of Coastal Carolina. Uh, number 23 was Wyatt Hubbard out of Kansas State. Number 24 was Shaka Tony out of Penn State. Number 25 was Chris Rump II out of Duke. Number 26 was Victor Dumajiki out of Duke. And number 27 was Hemakalar Rashid Jr. out of Oregon State. So I looked at 27 guys. It was hard, Ben. It hurt my brain at some times, but I did it. Mm. Wow. Yeah, no, that's um, that's a comprehensive list. Um, I think, again, we have a lot of the same players, at least near the, near the top. Um, I would rank order them. Again, a little bit different than you. Um, I'm going to probably butcher this guy's name, uh, but I, I was watching him play some in the SEC this year. Aziz Ojori uh, out of Georgia. I think he's my, my top pass rusher. See, okay, I had Aziz at 15. Now, I, I, I will. He, here, here is my thing. Uh, and I was actually just looking at this. I think PFF graded him as the best pass rusher in the class. I don't think. To me, what he is is he is. I don't see him being a a true defensive end. I think he's a guy that is going to play a lot of linebacker at the next level. I I, I think he's a uh, and, and and by the way, when I rank all these players, it doesn't necessarily mean I don't like these players. Like if if we get down and dirty on this list, we can go all the way to like. 22, and I'll tell you, I think some of these guys can start for teams. So, so this is good. So, so it's not like when I have somebody at 15, that doesn't mean I don't like them. Uh, but I, I think he's a jack of all trades type of player. I don't think he's necessarily great at anything. Well, I'm, I mean, I, I'm excited by a jack of all trades player. Those tend to be the the guys that coaches like Pete Carroll, for instance, like a lot. Um, I, I like Aziz, number one, um, you know, just to fill out my top five with you. I have Jason Owe at uh, number two for me out of Penn State. Um, and then I've got uh, Carlos Basham Jr. from Wake Forest at number three. Number four for me, I go with Jalen Phillips out of Miami. You'll like that guy from the U. Um, and then another guy out of Miami also, uh, Gregory Russo. Uh, those would be my top five guys, personally. Um, I did not rank order 30, 30 of them like you. You're um, an overachiever in comparison to me. But uh, those would be my, my top guys. But a lot of the other guys that you have um, in your top ten, I mean, I think all of those guys are going to be able to be players that make a significant impact for some team in the NFL. No, that is no, that that is true, uh, and I like a lot of these guys. I think this is a deep edge class. Like I like a lot of these guys. 
I like a lot of these guys. Uh, so I do want to say that. So, Ben, if you want to give me, give me a grade, what would you have it? Uh, for this one, I'd go with a B plus. A B plus? Okay. Yeah. We, we have a B plus. So what we're going to do is we're going to take another break and then kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to talk a little bit more college football. Kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we still have Ben Karen with us before we were talking about some NFL draft stuff. Ben was giving me grades, talking about what's going on with Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, and who they should really get in the NFL draft. But now I do want to talk about this, and it's a big college football guy. So 247 Sports released their early look at the Heisman Trophy in terms of odds. So Ben, I want to get your reaction to this. So let's start with the quarterbacks, uh, and I believe they went position by position with this. Number one at three to one odds to win the Heisman. You want to guess who that is? At the quarterback position. Let me think. The quarterback position. Well, go ahead and let the cat out of the bag for me, Daryl. Spencer Rattler. Wow, that's surprising. Oh, Ben, you're not a, okay. So why are you shocked about this? You're not a bit. You're not a fan of Spencer. Well, I just haven't seen very much of Spencer, Daryl. <laughs> but I, I will say this: you know, I'm sitting here kind of racking my brain about uh, possible elite quarterbacks that are left in college football because it seems like a lot of them left this year. So I don't know. I mean, maybe Spencer Ratliff is on his way to having a um, a big year. Number two was uh, DJ uh, Udigali out of Clemson. He was a soft, uh, freshman last year, going to be a sophomore. He was Trevor Lawrence's backup. He threw for I believe like four hundred yards against Notre Dame. He's number two at five to one odds. Number three is JT Daniels, quarterback out of Georgia, at six to one odds. Number four is Sam Howell out of North Carolina at seven to one odds. Uh, also at seven to one odds is Bryce Young out of Alabama, and Keaton Slovis out of USC is at ten to one. De'Aaron King out of Miami is 12 to 1 odds. Uh, and Jake Miller out of Ohio State is at 16 to 1 odds. I'll just keep going with this. Jaden Daniels out of Arizona State is at 18 to 1 odds. And then it starts getting into the running backs. Um, but other than that, they I'll, I'll get to the other players, but I do want your opinion on the quarterbacks. Well, I mean, now that now that we have kind of a list of these guys, um, it, Spencer Rattler being number number one um, isn't as surprising to me, isn't quite as jarring. 
Um, but I would say this. I'm pretty surprised to hear Sam Howell was up there as far as he was. You're not you're not a fan of Sam Howell? I, I like Sam Howell. I respect him. But I'm not sure he's one of the best quarterbacks or players in the country. Ben, I will tell you this as a draft side. There's a very big chance Sam Howell will be the number one overall pick next year. Well, I think I would disagree with you there. Or let me say, right now he's projected, but obviously, you know, that well, is... Well, I mean, there's a lot of people that we really haven't seen much from. Um, you know, Jake Miller, Bryce Young, um, Clemson's quarterback, I forgot that young man's name. Um, but, you know, all, all those guys are going to have a say in this too. And also, I do want to remind everybody, Devontae Smith, the wide receiver, won it. But here out of running backs, I just want to give some other, they had some other contenders. Uh, the, now, the first non-quarterback that comes up in these rankings at 22 to 1 odds is Bijan Robinson, uh, running back out of Texas. Other players they had, I know you'll like this at 25 to 1 odds. It's one of your guys, Isaiah Miller out of Texas A&M at 28 to 1 odds. They had Master Teague out of Ohio State and Matt Quarrel. A quarterback out of Ole Miss at 30 to 1 odds. They had Brian Robinson running back out of Alabama. 35 to 1 odds were Emory Jones, quarterback out of Florida. 41, 42-1 odds were CJ, another Ohio State guy, because obviously, because Ohio State's going to have a quarterback competition. So CJ Stroud uh, out of Ohio State, Bryce Hall out of Iowa State, and Brock Purdy out of Iowa State. Those guys are at 40 to 1 odds. And at 50 to 1 odds, holy crap, there are a lot of names here. Uh, you're going to have uh, British Brooks out of North Carolina, Seen Clifford out of Penn State, he's a quarterback, Malik Cunningham out of Louisville, he's a quarterback, Dylan Gabriel out of UCF, he's a quarterback, Hendron Hooker um, out of Tennessee, he's a quarterback, Max, Max Johnson out of LSU, he's a quarterback. Uh, Marcus Major, uh, he's from Oklahoma. He's a running back. Uh, Jace McKellen, uh, running back out of Alabama. Graham Martez, he's a quarterback out of Wisconsin. Uh, John Michi, wide receiver out of Alabama. Michael Penix Jr., he's a QB out of Indiana. And Spencer Sanders, uh, quarterback out of Oklahoma State. And Casey Thompson, Quarterback out of Texas. Any of those names stand out to you? Well, I will go out and make a bold prediction for you tonight. I think if a quarterback does not win the Heisman this year, I believe Master Teague will be the winner. So why are you such a fan of Master Teague? I've gotten a chance to see him play. I think he's an elite-level running back. And I I think he's a player, Daryl, that can impact um the game as a whole um you know i mean he can do so many different things and he's very versatile and i think having a guy like him on your team in a year where you're going to have a new quarterback starting provides a lot of value and i'm also i'm looking at the quarterback pool this year and it's a little hard to judge like we were talking about because i haven't seen a lot of these guys play very much but it also tells me that uh, there might be an opportunity this year for a non-quarterback to win the Heisman again. Again? 
Now, Isaiah Spiller, why didn't you mention him? He's your guy, Ben. Why Master Teague over Isaiah Spiller? Well, I, you know, I like Spiller. I, I like Teague a little bit more. Um, you know, if I had to choose, I mean, I'm trying to be objective here. Um, I think also uh, part of the reason why I would steer a little bit away from Spiller is simply because Jimbo Fisher is our coach, man. And, and you know, Jimbo likes to likes to throw the ball. And also, I'm surprised. I thought you were going to mention Bryce Hall. Mention Bryce Hall as a potential guy. Why do you think I was going to mention him as a... a, a I, I thought you were a big Bryce Hall fan. Are you not? I like him some. I'm not sure I like him enough to have him in the Heisman conversation. Oh. <laughs> so, Master Teague, you're, you're, a, you're a master. You're all in on Master Teague. I, I am all in on Master Teague. I, I think... If, if the Heisman is not won by a quarterback, it will be won by Master Teague. If I told you last year Devontae Smith would have won the Heisman, what would you have said? I would have said you were crazy. Did you not? Do you think we, and this is a side note, do you think we just, why do you think we all missed the boat on how good Devontae was? Because I think we could kind of see it last year that he was pretty good, even though he was their third wide right receiver. But I think we could see that this guy was at least going to be like a late first round pick in the NFL. Well, I mean, I think there were a couple of reasons. You know, first of all, heading into this past year, um, Trevor Lawrence was kind of the guy on the top of my radar. You know, everybody was already kind of talking about him maybe being the number one overall pick in the draft. Um, he was kind of the, the front runner, in my opinion, for the Heisman at the beginning of the year. Um, and, and, and then the season started started up, and, you know, Kyle Trask was playing really well. Um, some folks were talking about Mac Jones, Justin Fields, um, some of those other guys. And when you're a talent at Alabama – Sometimes you get missed because there's so much talent around you. It was hard for me to even see Devontae Smith because I'm also, you know, in awe of Jalen Waddell uh, when I'm watching the game, you know. So, it, um, you know, Alabama team with multiple weapons. Uh, Najee Harris is a wonderful player as well. Uh, it's going to be a high, high draft pick for the running back class. So, um, I think there's so much talent, you kind of get distracted. This is how crazy both LSU and Alabama were. At one point, there was an Alabama wide receiving room with Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Henry Ruggs, and Jerry Judy. And also for LSU, there was a point where there was a wide receiving room of Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Terrence Marshall. Right. So, I mean, on, on these top-tier teams, we're looking around and... There's some dudes. Out. They got some guys. So now I want to get to this. Another something, a little tidbit I got for you in terms of college football. So uh, CBS did this. Uh, they ranked the top 10 college football coaches entering, entering the 2021 season under 45. So, Ben, you want to guess who is number one? Oh, man. Um... 
under 45. Is Dabo Sweeney under 45? No, else he would have been number one on this list. Yeah, I was like, hmm, let me see. They always talk about this coach going. He's this coach has made multiple college football playoffs. Well, I mean, Lincoln Riley comes to mind. He has to be under forty-five. Correct. Lincoln Riley was number one. Is Ryan Day would probably be on that list? Oh, Ben! Oh my God! You're two for two. Ryan Day was second on the list. You're on fire, Ben. You want to guess who number three is? Number three might be a little bit harder for you. Um, I'm wondering if it's that fell up in Oregon. I forgot his name off the top of my head. Uh, you were wrong. It's Brian uh, Harson out of Auburn. He was previously at Boise State. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would have never guessed that. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I seem you're not a fan of Brian. Well, no, man. I don't think it was worth getting rid of Gus Malzahn to get him. <laughs> number four was Matt Campbell out of Iowa State. Number five is Josh Heupel out of Tennessee. Number six is P.J. Fluke from Minnesota. Number seven is Bill Napier. He coaches Louisiana. That's a little guy, so Ben probably doesn't want to concern himself with that. Uh, Number eight is Mike Norville. He's coaching Florida State. Number nine is James Chadwell. He's coaching Coastal Carolina. Number 10 is Neil Brown. He's coaching West Virginia. Those are the top 10. And the other, and the honorable mention coaches, I'll give you those names. Sean Lewis, he coaches Kent State. Jason Candle, he coaches Toledo. Jonathan Smith, he coaches Oregon State. Uh, Will Healy, he coaches Charlotte. And Jeff Halfley, he coaches Boston College. Any concerns about the list, Ben? No concerns. It sounds reasonable. You think Matt Campbell should have been higher? I don't have a problem with it. In terms of Ryan Day versus Lincoln Riley, why not? Is Lincoln Riley really better than Ryan Day right now? Gun to your head, Ben? Uh, no, he's not better than Ryan Day. So you'd have Ryan Day have him? I, I, I'd have Ryan Day at number one. I think they only put Lincoln Riley ahead of him because Lincoln's had more appearances. You know, we have gotten to see a greater body of work from Lincoln Riley. And that is uh, very, very true. One thing that we, of course, haven't seen from him, though, is uh, an appearance in the college football championship game. That is fair as well, Ben. Ben... I want to thank you for coming to the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Anytime, Daryl. Thank you for having me. And once again, I want to thank Ben Karen, host of the Sports Squad Podcast, for coming on the show. I always appreciate it when Ben comes on. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode, the 276th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.